Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that was harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Bucket. They gonna love me for my ambition. What's up, America? How's it going, America? Episode 151 is here on a Thursday, June 16th, 2016. And this is your last episode of the entire season. Because this tonight, Game 6 of the NBA Finals, is going to be an unbelievable game. Win by Golden State or win by Cleveland, I can guarantee you that this will probably be the best game of the series. Backs are against the wall. Cleveland needs the victory. Golden State, for their morale, needs to get this victory to end it. They did it a year ago today to win the 2015 NBA championship. If they wrapped it up tonight, you talk about a legacy for this team for a one-year calendar span. With the leap year, because remember, it was a leap year as well this year. With the leap year involved, 366 days ago today, the Golden State Warriors won the NBA title, and they could do it again tonight. It's up to them. It's up to the Golden State Warriors tonight if they want to wrap it up. And if it's up to Cleveland as well, if they want to push it to a game seven. There's no excuses tonight. Backs are against the wall as fans. Backs are against the wall as players, coaches, it's up to this, either tonight or Sunday. This is what we've all been waiting for, all season long, since the dog days of October, since the preseason, since Christmas, you keep going back. All the preparation, the suicides that have been run, no, not suicides in death, suicides is in workout. All the extra jump squats, all the extra running, all the extra cut passes, backdoor passes, screens, hard screens, the bumps and bruises, the quote-unquote injury, health. It's up to tonight. Game six, and then game seven Sunday if it happens for Cleveland tonight, and that's when it all goes haywire on Father's Day if there is a game seven on Sunday. This is your pre-hype episode. For CLNS Radio, episode 151, if you'd like to call in and get hype for this ball game tonight. My name is Simo Buckets. Call in the phone number 323-642-1558 is the number. And if you're listening to the podcast, don't worry. We're going to preview the game for you. Game six tonight in Cleveland. Obviously, if you want to listen to recap of game four and game five, go back to episode 150. We got it for you. 
there's a lot on the line tonight. Look, legacies galore, storylines everywhere. Look, you talk about printers, uh, maybe not printers. You talk about keyboards getting mashed tonight by, by journalists across the country, especially in Cleveland and in the Bay Area. You talk about the idealization behind uh, uh, the New York Times. You got CBS, NBC, Fox, ESPN. Everyone's waiting at the press to write their, their good story, their tabloid, whatever you want to write about what's going to happen into tonight or Sunday. And it's all about the NBA Finals tonight. Game six. It's coming. It's coming, and it's here in about 55 minutes. We're here to recap, not recap, but preview all what's expected to happen tonight in Cleveland. It's going to be a fun one. This should be a rather quick show. We're not going to be on the full hour up leading up to the actual tip, but we got enough uh, hints and presents and legacy writers to get you going. If you're an amateur writer, get it going. Kevin Hart, get in the building. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. No, we ain't, just, we ain't just getting in the building today. Oh, no. No, it's the NBA Finals, people. Yeah, that's right. We're getting it going. We're getting in the NBA Finals mode today. Yeah, that's right. LeBron James is trying to get to Game 7. Okay, if LeBron James pushes his team to a Game 7 tonight, the Cleveland Cavaliers will become, what, the third or fourth team all time in the NBA Finals. I think it's the third team all time. In the NBA Finals, to push a team being down 3-1 to a Game 7. Wrap it up. Wrap it up with legacy. If LeBron wins tonight, all y'all haters need to just shut up. Look, I get it. He hasn't won it yet if he wins tonight. But let me tell you this. How many teams have won two games in a row with their back against the wall against the 73-win team? If it happens tonight, LeBron will be the only all-time player to do so. Ever. Kyrie Irving, he's going to come out bonkers tonight. Three of the five games so far, he's been able to score 30-plus points. You got the the team in in Cleveland getting it ready, getting it hyped up. They're getting hyped in Cleveland. They know they got to win tonight. There's no, no, you know, they got to win because of, you know, the circumstance. No, they lose, it's over. You got champagne for a second straight year in your locker room. You don't want that going around your stench and your 52 years of demise. You don't want that going on. The Golden State Warriors come back tonight with Draymond Green. Yeah, there's no Andrew Bogut. Bogut's out for about six to eight weeks. And, in fact, he might not even be able to play for his Australia team coming up for the Olympics. It sucks. It really does, and it's unfortunate, and I hate it. But it is what it is. The situation, the scenario is what it is for the Golden State Warriors, and they're coming in one man short, but they're going to have someone step up, and tonight it's about Steph Curry. One good game this finals, and in fact, the last 11 finals games that Steph Curry's been a part of, he's had two magnificent ball games, and the rest have been average to dog poo. That's what they've been. That's what they've been. Clay Thompson, he's known to step up in big moments. The last game six he played in, do you remember? Hmm. 41 points. He broke an all-time playoff record for threes individually in a game. And his, their backs were against the wall in this circumstance in the Western Conference Finals. And Clay Thompson had one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in playoff history. LeBron James can do it again tonight. Teams are pretty much at full strength tonight. 
No one's at full health. Everyone's talking about Steph Curry's health. That's baloney. Everyone's hurt this time of year. Everyone could use some kind of surgery or, you know, steroid-inducing help to get them going where they need to get to. Everyone needs it. Everyone. Summer's right around the corner. Five days from now, four days from now, summer will be here. It's hot. It's muggy. Father's Day is in four days, three days from now. And you got Game 7 potentially on the horizon of an unbelievable season where two massive legacies are on the line either tonight or Sunday. Big ones. LeBron's, whether we like it or not, look, I, I get it. LeBron's legacy, in my mind, has already been written. I heard something on the radio today where if you still criticize LeBron, as, look, as of Game 7 of the 2013 NBA Finals, when he won the game, on a game shot after four, think about this, he was 28 years old, won four MVPs, 10 years in the league, back-to-back champion. In my opinion, his legacy was already written. Everything after that is, is, is pretty much gravy. And the last two years, he's lost the NBA Finals, but you have to remember, he walked into Cleveland last year, the year before in 2014, when he was with the Heat. That team was a 31 team, barely. I mean, think about the Denver Nuggets. Think about this. The Denver Nuggets right now. If you put LeBron James on the Denver Nuggets right now, and you played in the East, which helps, but if you put LeBron James on the Denver Nuggets right now, and you put and they pl- started playing next year in 2016, 2017, LeBron would get them to the finals. That's what he did. That's what he did with Cleveland last year. Hello, legacy adder. In my opinion, this If he loses tonight, it's not the end of the world for his legacy. But if he wins tonight, it only helps him that much more. Because then he'll be a part of another, another historical stat where he'll be only one of three teams all time to come back down 3-1. And I believe there's like 38 scenarios where teams are down 3-1 in the finals. He'll be one of three of those 38 to come back down 3-1. And it's against the best team we've seen in the last 20 to 25 years, potentially, since the Bulls. 1A, 1B teams of all time, and LeBron would have done it, either on the road and in his home arena. So LeBron has his legacy on the line. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson as a team, probably would become the greatest team of all time if they either win tonight or Sunday. And that's a debate that we can have all summer long. We really can. It's an easy summer topic. Hey, who do you think's the greatest team of all time? Do do do. Who do you think's gonna do it? That would be the conversation all summer long. And honestly, it wouldn't. It would be a fun one because guess what? I mean, looking at how the Golden State Warriors pass the ball, looking at what they do, the Chicago Bulls, what they've done, what they did in the '90s. Look, from the standpoint of longevity, the Golden State Warriors don't touch the Bulls. In the 90s, but from the standpoint of a two-year period, the conversation can begin if they win one game in the next two. It can. It can start. And I think at that point, if you hate the Warriors and you think that they're this and that and that and this, X, Y, Z, I, I think at that point you become kind of a LeBron hater at that point. You're like a LeBron hater for the Warriors because what they've done is unbelievable. It is. Believe me, I hated the Warriors coming into the season. I hated them. I had all the – but they've answered all my questions. They've, they've answered, and I've eaten so much crow this year, it's absolutely ridiculous. We got a guy on the line, I believe. This is Chris from L.A., if I'm not mistaken. But if not, we got him on the hotline bling. 
If you'd like to call in, the phone number is, yep, there it is. There it is, the phone number. The phone number is 323-642-1558. I believe this is Chris in L.A. If not, go ahead. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? It is me. Dude, it is uh, It is the day we've been waiting for, the days potentially leading up to Father's Day. If tonight happens the way we think it's going to happen with the way Cleveland's been jealous. I mean, we mentioned it last show and the last couple of shows. Look, if David Blatt was the head coach of this Cleveland Cavalier team, this series might have a different perspective. But as mm-hmm. of now, it's 3-2 Golden State going back to Cleveland. What do you see happening tonight? And if you think the Cavs win, what do you see happening on Sunday for Father's Day? I think that, honestly, I like what you said about LeBron's legacy. Um, it's already written. He's already submitted himself as one of the top players ever. You know, he's definitely in that conversation, undoubtedly. Um, but I think is this game is just as big for Curry because he's what, he was in the finals last year and in the finals this year. He hasn't had that Curry-like game yet where he just exploded and just played just on a ridiculous level. He hasn't had that that amazing performance yet. You know, he's been scoring, and he played good uh, the game before last. And uh, last game was pretty decent, but he hasn't had a yeah. game like a unanimous MVP should have. You know, his team right. is winning, and he has such a great supporting cast, it's easy for Curry to hide behind that. You know, whereas LeBron, if LeBron has a bad game, his team is going to get destroyed. You know, his team is nowhere near as good as the Warriors are. So um, I think this game tonight is just as big for Curry as it is for LeBron because if Curry, even if they do win, I still think it still it still kind of hurts Curry a little bit because he's definitely not winning MVP unless he scores fifty. You know, I think it'll either go right. to Draymond or Iggy. So then the argument for Curry against Curry will always be, well, you got to win Finals MVP. You need to win Finals MVP. You know, so Curry has to win tonight and he has to do it in just a, an amazing fashion. And um, it's just it's kind of weird that last year was this game six and they won in Cleveland again. And I think they're going to do it this year. I really think they um, they lost Bogut, but I think that um, it's not like you have a post player that's dominating you on the inside um, with from the Cavaliers. So Zeli can come in. Verjao is getting, I think, a little too many minutes. But uh, even McAdoo come yeah. in and. Um, now that they had their defensive anchor Draymond Green back to kind of communicate those switches and you know get them back right. on that pay, on that pace defensively, um, I think that I think the Warriors will be ready tonight. I, I think they win by ten. Do you think? Do you think? And I and I know this has got to be a topic of conversation, and it's been a topic for the last couple of days, knowing Draymond's coming back. Do you think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to do? literally everything that they can to rile up Draymond Green so that they can have an opportunity in Game 7 going back to Golden State on Sunday for Father's Day? Um, I think they are, but I really think that they are, but I don't think Draymond will fall for it this time. After being suspended and sitting out, and I think that him watching his team lose in Game 5, I'm pretty sure he felt like it was his fault. Watching his team yeah. lose, I'm pretty sure he's. I can't do that again, ever again. So I think they'll try. Yeah. I think it will definitely be that guy coming off the end of the bench, trying his hardest to kind of get Draymond to act out. But I don't think we'll see any leg kicks or anything. I think he's going to be fully composed because he. I think he understands his value to his team now. You know, he understands that without him, 
they are with him. They're top. They're definitely top three defensive team in the league. Without him, they're maybe top ten. But that's not enough to win the final. You see, Kyrie and LeBron went crazy. So um, I think it's important that he stays out there, and I think he understands that now too. Him sitting out, I think I don't think he should stop his like. Um, his antics and that fire that he plays with, it's kind of like Westbrook. You can't tone that down and still be as great of a player right. as you are. I just think that he needs to direct it, direct it in a different direction. Instead of yelling at the players and arguing with the referees, I, I don't know. I feel like he should yell at his, like, at his fans or something. You know, just send it somewhere else. I don't think you yeah. should yell at other players and kick them. And It just it, it gives you a bad look and it's okay to be aggressive and play with that fire, but I think it's all about the direction that he sends it in. You know, I don't think that that's because the league is really touchy. You you can get a technical foul now for staring at somebody wrong. So I think he should do right. all those things towards the Cleveland crowd and just focus on winning the game and getting him another ring. But even you just said it like he, he can't he can't turn it off because we saw this against Oklahoma City when. He should have been suspended when he got the he got the big uh, flagrant foul called on him or, or the, the double flagrant where he should have been suspended or whatever for that game after he he did the flagrant on Stephen Adams and he came out and he was he was not the Draymond who was you know fiery and, and passionate and, and intense and all that stuff and the thing and you mentioned it he I think he knows better like you said. But I think at the same time, and unless this is what happens tonight, tonight's a big night for this as well. You know, we talk about LeBron's legacy, Curry's legacy. I think tonight is a huge, huge indicator of what we're going to expect to see from Draymond Green. I think for the – honestly, and I know this is a giant statement, but I think it's an honest statement. I think tonight, when as a casual or a NBA guru like we are – when you watch the game tonight, if you watch Draymond Green and you watch him, you better watch him intensely because if he plays anything like he did after the Steven Adams incident where he got the double flagrant and then didn't get suspended, he played so soft and was so unemotional in that ball game, it almost took his team and him out of the game. It was that bad. Tonight, if he puts together that kind of performance again where he – takes himself out emotionally because he's wary of the circumstance that can put him in, I think that might hurt the team tonight. Now, if he comes out, controls it, and he plays under control but fiery like you said and does that and does everything I think we would expect him to do to adjust towards, I think that says a lot about him and his adjustment. But I've heard a lot of things on the radio and from a lot of people that I've, met, that I've been talking to about this guy and I think, honestly, it's one of those things where tonight's going to prove whether he can really turn it off because there's a time, look, and I'm an, I mean, you're an athlete. You play basketball at a hard level, Chris. I run. I ran cross country in high school. Uh, I, I, I rode my bike to work today. I ride about 12 miles to work, 25 uh, there and back. So it's crazy. And there's times where as an athlete, and I think if you're an athlete only, you can understand this because you generic people out there who don't actually work out and understand what we're talking about – you get into a zone or a level, or maybe it's just the type of people we are, but you get into a level where there's times where you just really don't care and you don't think. You just, you just act on instinct when it comes to your emotions at times. And I know this is professional basketball. I know these people are at much different levels than we are, 
But you've seen it from guys like Russell Westbrook. You've seen it from guys like uh, like a John Wall. You've seen it from guys like like Draymond Green. You've seen it from these very emotional players that if they can actually find a way to control this emotional instinct, it's either very difficult or it, it, it hinders a part of their game. Do you think that tonight will be a big, big indicator of that as we watch Draymond Green in game six? I do. I agree with you. I think it'll be a big indicator. Um, but I think that just that series with the Thunder was so so much more different because that was the first time you really saw Draymond be outsized and out, he's just out tough. It was just Adam it was just he's just too big of a he's too much of an actual man. Like Draymond really doesn't have to guard legit players like that. You know, usually he guards the guy right. who like Kevin Love. Kevin Love isn't gonna bang with you like Steven Adams will. He's not. So that makes it easier for Draymond to kinda of be aggressive and bully him a little more. Draymond is that guy that you have to bully. You start bullying him first, then it kind of gets him out of his game. and Or he'll act out and do something where he'll get a, a technical or something like that. But if you allow him to bully you first, then I think that's when he starts getting, getting in your head a little bit and he kind of is towering over you. But I, I remember seeing Steven Adams bully him a little bit, and that kind of took him off his game, you know. So I think, like, Tristan Thompson, I definitely think it's on him to yes. um, really get Draymond out of his game. You know, he really has to get Draymond off his page. Off, yep. Just really get him unfocused. You know, if they – they, I think if they – I don't think it's cheating because it's not nothing illegal, but, you know, you just got to no. kind of get him to lose his focus. You know, some players, like a key player like him, who's easily distracted like that, you know, same thing with a guy like J.R. Smith. He's easily distracted. You can easily deter him from what his goal is. You you can use that to your advantage at times. Yeah, and I think I think tonight you mentioned it. I think tonight is there's a like you said big microscope on Draymond and his actions tonight. Just from the standpoint of how he'll act in the game, how it'll impact his game, how it'll impact his play on the court, how it'll just overall impact of him with his emotions and keeping them in check, or if the Cavs will bait him. But I, like you said. I think a guy like Tristan Thompson, Timothy Mozgov, if he plays a little bit, Kevin Love, these kind of guys need to come in here and they really need to either bang with, with, with Draymond and get him under his skin, or they need to find a way to just their game rolling. This is what, why LeBron James right here, tonight's game against Draymond Green, this game tonight is why, we, is why Tristan Thompson got $80 million in the offseason. This is what LeBron wants to see tonight. He wants to see Tristan, if he doesn't score 10 points, he wants to see him try and get 20 rebounds, which he's tried. He's been getting 12, 15, 13 rebounds a game. He's been doing his job. But I think tonight is a night where Tristan needs to play the mind game with Draymond Green to try and get him off his rocker and also find a way to out-rebound his opponent in a guy like Draymond Green. We got about 35 minutes till the game. The draft is in seven days, Chris. I know you're pumped about that. I'm pumped, too. I think this is going to be an unbelievable draft. Um, I have not done any prep for the draft so far, but I've seen some things about Ben Simmons and him and his non-pre-draft workout. Are you high? People are out of their mind with this stuff. I mean, you got guy like – like, did you see the picture on Twitter today? I know you did. Freaking uh, Ben Simmons is as big as Carl Anthony Towns. That's freaking nuts. This guy Man, is as big as the best – as the best 
a young center in the game, and he plays like a point guard. Like th- this guy doesn't need to doesn't need to work out for anybody. In fact, he could have eaten cheese puffs the last three months uh, prior to the draft, and this guy's still going to come in and be one of the best players in the game. Maybe not next year because he's a rookie, but a couple years from now, you can guarantee and bank on it that this guy might be trying to walk into an All Star situation, especially if he's on the Philadelphia 76ers. Chris, what do you see a week out from the draft? And what do you see coming up uh, with some of these guys getting drafted? And who are some of the sleepers so far that we should think about walking into the draft uh, come next Thursday on the 23rd? Um, I'm, first of all, I did see the, the information about, um, about uh, Simmons not going to work out with Philly and people are all nervous about it and, I think I think someone said that um, they, the last three guys they picked didn't work out with them. So that really honestly doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter for guys right. knows the workout. They know what he what he provides. They know what he brings to the table. You know, so I don't I don't see why that would be uh, such a big deal. You know, him to go and work out. Um, I think that he's he. I don't really think he wants to play there because. But I, I part of me believes that he's more about the money. So I think he'll go ahead and suck it up and go there. They do draft him. You know, because I think if he was more about winning, he wouldn't have went to LSU. He would have went to one, uh, Kentucky or Duke or something oh, yeah. like that, you know, oh, easily. Yeah. So um, I think uh, one sleeper, one sleeper is uh, forward Sabonis out of Gonzaga. Yeah. He is a perfect four, stretch four that you need in the league nowadays, a big guy who's like a a better shooting, more skilled um even the, I was honestly say better defensively, David Lee. You know, he's a big okay. guy, about six ten. He can move, got a little range on him, and he's that guy that that'll be perfect for you to put in as that can play center when you go small. You know, because t- traditional centers are pretty much done in the league, so you need a guy like him. Right. You know, that can fit in that kind of who can kind of be the bogus for the Warriors. You know, he'll fit perfectly in that role. I don't think he'll be make an impact immediately. But um, if you give him a give him a season or two, give him about two or three years, and he'll definitely um, he'll definitely make some progress. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't uh, I think the other guy Malachi Richardson from Syracuse. Yeah. Oh Syracuse, man, yeah. I think he's going to be a superstar. He's dropped. He's he's in about in, in the twenties now, late, late early twenties, late teens in the draft. But I think if he go, he's one of those guys. I think if he goes to the right team. He can have a huge impact early, you know, because he has a nice skill set. I watched a couple of his workouts and, you know, draft expressions. You know, you can just see he has a nice skill set, that guy. And he has a, little, a bit of a clutch game, too. You see, you got Syracuse pretty much to the final four, and they were fancy, you know. So I think that that guy is another sleeper that people just aren't meant this year people are acting like the draft isn't too deep but I think it's hard to tell if a draft is yeah. until three or four years after the draft you know you can't really right. tell how good a draft is when the draft happens you know I think you need to give it some time so I think this draft is deeper than people really realize and they're only focused on Ingram and Simmons at the top and Chris right. Dunn they aren't focused on the other guys who are at the bottom you know like uh, I think Tyler Ulis is going to go late but I think he's going to – if he can get some more explosiveness, because when you're a small guard like that, you have to be able to explode to fit yes. at the rim. If he can get a little more explosiveness, a little more Isaiah Thomas in him, and, of course, work on his range, 
I think he'll be a great guard, you know, because he already has a vision, a passing ability, and, you know, he wants to win. You know, he's a winner. That guy plays hard. He's tough, you know. So um, I think he, he just really needs to work on his physical just a little more. His physical and get that jumper a little bit better, and that's going to be a good guard right there. I know he is. I know some really good names that uh, I, I just pulled up that I definitely – uh, everyone, if you're listening to the show, you need to listen to because a week from now and going into next season, I think these guys, maybe not immediately, but I give them a couple years, and these guys will become great players in the league, and I can guarantee one of them is going to be Isaiah Whitehead. This guy, look, coming into the season last year for Seton Hall, point guard, 6'4", 210, out of Seton Hall sophomore, this guy was being promoted on the Big East, uh, on Fox, on the Big East Network all year long, and he wasn't even projected to be picked in the draft, which blew my mind because I was like, hold on, I watched this guy play, and he has got some serious passion, and he is unbelievably physical driving to the rack. He's not as big as a 210 as you would think, but he's a guy that has some serious size and some serious capabilities driving to the rack. Look at him. He's a potential mid-second mid round pick. They're saying he's going to go around in the, in the early 40s uh, in the pick-wise, so look out for him in the draft. Uh, I'm excited to see where he goes. I, I don't know. Do you know if Wes Washpun from Northern Iowa is going to go into the draft this year, or is he staying at, in school? Have you heard that, Chris? Um, I think he might be staying in school. Okay. But that guy is another yeah. under the radar too. That guy, that guy, Wes Washpun is, look, I was saying it last year. That guy reminds me so much of a, I would call him a poor man's Dwayne Wade. He does not have the offensive capability of Dwayne Wade, but he has the intensity on the defensive side of the ball. He can move like Dwayne Wade. He doesn't have the shot like Dwayne Wade. He doesn't have the jumper. He doesn't have the inside moves. He doesn't have the toughness, but he has the, he has the fluidity of Dwayne Wade. He has the defensive presence. This guy, if he gets another year under his belt in Northern Iowa, he's going to be unbelievable. So he's not in the draft. Another guy to look out for, Isaiah Cousins, a guy who played on Oklahoma last year as a point guard. Again, another big point guard, 6'4", 190, point guard out of Oklahoma. He's a senior. He's skilled. He's coming in ready to go. He's a lot like his main man, Buddy Heald. He's coming in ready to get it going. I mean, he's not just a guy you can pick up off the street and say whatever. He's a perfect system guy that can step in as a backup right now and run an offense. Just give him a couple of give him a couple months to learn the offense, and he can come in right now off the bench, give you six to seven points, play a play a fifteen minutes, and he can get you some offense, get you some assists. He can step in right now. Gary Payton too is also going to be outstanding. Again, point guard. He's got the bloodline of his of his of his dad. He plays great defense. Oregon State. He's a senior. He's seasoned, ready to go. Look, a lot of people are ripping into the draft because they don't see a lot of oh, seniors and this and that. Look, Bryce Johnson from North Carolina, he's a senior, power forward, 6'10", 210, a guy who's skilled, maybe not super physically imposing, but he is skilled beyond all heck. Oh, how about this? Perry Ellis, another potential late second-round pick. He's a senior out of Kansas, 6'8", 220, a guy who can come off the bench, maybe give you 15 minutes of game, give you five rebounds, tough rebounds, uh, a middle portion of the game. He's a solid role player. There are role players scattered throughout this draft that I think people are just completely skipping over, and a lot of the main yeah. media are just thinking, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. No, no, no. There's a lot of guys in this draft. Look, Denzel Valentine's projected to go 18 to Detroit. Are you crazy? This guy is 6'5", 210, and he can play probably three to four positions right now in the NBA. And guess what? 
He's a senior too, and he was he was a player of the year in college basketball. Should have gone to Buddy Heels, but he's player of the year. He's ready to step in right now and start on on a majority of basketball teams in the NBA. You've got a ton of guys coming into this draft, and we'll get more into that next week, obviously, on Tuesday for episode 152. We'll talk more about the draft on that day, and we'll preview all these guys for you, and we'll also obviously recap what happened in the NBA Finals uh, on that day as well. We'll probably get a, a fan from the from the from the, the team who wins the NBA Finals. I had Kevin on last year. He was a big-time Golden State Warrior fan prior to all this craziness. He's awesome. He'll come on to the show if he can. But uh, outside of that, uh, that's what we'll do. And, uh, Chris, is there anything else you want to say about the draft or what to expect tonight as, again, big-time night in the NBA? I think that either Curry or LeBron will have, a, have one of those classic games. You know, you, you know how you can go to NBA TV and watch the classic game sometimes? Oh, Tonight yeah. will be one of those games we can watch. In 10 years, we'll be able to watch this yeah. game over again. I think it's going to be yeah. one of those. I, honestly, I think this is the, the night that Curry knows he has to prove himself. He has to, to um, yes. make himself, you know, make his presence felt. You know, I think he knows, yeah. okay, I got I have to do something this game. I, and I know it's bothering him. You know, he's not. I don't think he's that kind of guy that can just ignore it. I really think it's getting to him. You know, I think he's going to have a good game tonight. Yeah, I think tonight is honestly, and I know this is cliche to say because it's obviously the, the 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 most recent game we're going to have. But I think outside of Game Seven, and I've said this, and I know it's because it's Game Seven, but I think this actually might be, like you said, the best played game tonight, where there will be multiple facets of the game, and I don't know what's going to happen late. But if the game is played the way I think it's going to be played, at this point in time in the series, adjustments don't mean anything. It's all about heart. It's all about who wants it. It's all about what you want to do to win the series. It's, it, 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 all this coaching nonsense means nothing now at this point. It's all about who wants to win it all and who wants to walk away with the trophy. That's what it all comes down to. And if Cleveland wants to win the title, they got to win tonight. And then obviously on Sunday, all no holds bar as both teams will be going absolutely bonkers to try and win their win a championship as Cleveland's trying to end the 52-year drought and Golden State trying to win back-to-back and possibly have one of the greatest two-year stretches all time in possibly sports history with what they did here this year and last year. And what's crazy is, like you said, a year ago today, uh, Golden State won in Cleveland. Talk about a crazy calendar year if they were to cap it off tonight and get it done. Well, that's our show for today. Episode 151 is in the books. We've got about a minute left on the show. Episode 152 on Tuesday next week. It'll be summertime and the NBA Finals will be wrapped up. We'll recap the NBA Finals and we'll recap what we saw in either Game 6 and potentially if there's a Game 7. And then also we'll go into heavy heavy draft talk we'll talk about these players that'll be drafted on thursday a week from tonight and we'll talk about what to expect with those guys moving forward as time moves on we're heading down to the wire we're down to the wire people the nba finals game six tonight expect an instant classic it's going to be unbelievable stuff like chris said nba tv classic worthy chris thanks for coming on man Have a good night, everybody. It's going to be an unbelievable night. I'm excited as all heck. I'm about to go get some beer. I'm about to get some popcorn. Get some dip.